hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only podcast where uh, if the left lane was only for Munkin as opposed to passing, we'd be fine. I don't know, because I try to do the opposite. You know I normally make it that you can't funk, and now I'm doing... I'm on your host, Jay Christie, joining us by Andre Brera. Andre, how are you? I'm doing a lot better than you are, clearly. Yeah, honestly, uh, I'm down bad right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was my second attempt, guys, and it just... I was going to try a third, but it's like I know it's not going to go any better, you know? No, right. And I right before this, I asked him about um, <clears throat> about SNL, and I mentioned Michael Che being his boy, and it really threw him for a fucking loop. It threw loop, me for so. a loop. I'm not a fan. I'm going to leave it at that. You know, I don't need to go into why I don't particularly like the comic stylings of Michael Che. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, and the thing, too, is it's one of those things, and this happens to me all the time, where <laughs> I didn't realize that I, quote, had something for Michael Che, but I did. Like, I, I knew I didn't like him, but I didn't until I opened my mouth. It's like, wow, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I didn't know that until you asked. Um, but anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about Michael J., thank God. We're here to talk about Mr. Monk and the Three Jewelies, um, which is, of course, the sequel to Mr. Monk and the Three Pies. Uh, no, it's not. But um, what do you think of this episode? Um, I, I, I probably liked it on the same level as I liked the last one. Um, yeah, it's I solid. Yeah. yeah, it's solid. It's good. Um, Damn, someone burning rubber outside your window? Yeah, dude, I guess, like, this neighborhood is just Someone, full of dickheads. Someone's whipping shitties? Yeah. <laughs> we talked about that, right? Yeah, we did, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, so it, it was solid. It was good. Yeah, I think that there's a, it's a lot of interesting things going on. I have a long... I think when we get to it, but I, I was struck by... We'll talk about it when we get to it, but... The actor John Hawks, who plays Matthew Cheeger, I feel like is, like, someone should have told him, like, hey, dude, like, this is not, you shouldn't have to try this hard acting-wise. Like, this show is not that good. <laughs> like, this is not right. one of those shows, because he's really going for it. And now you, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how he got an Oscar, an Academy Award nomination once. What did he get it for that one movie where he's, like, a paraplegic and Helen no. Hunt, like, has sex with him? No, 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 not the Sessions. He got it for uh, Winter's Bone, a movie I haven't seen. Oh, I haven't seen that either. Right. Yeah. I was told, I... People describe the movie as, like, good but not enjoyable to watch. And it's like, there are still a lot of movies that are good and enjoyable to watch I haven't seen. So I'll put that on the back burner. Um, uh, okay, I recently saw a movie that's not very good but very inter- enjoyable to watch, sure. I guess. What? Uh, cruising. Have you ever heard of that? I have not watched Cruising. I need, I'm a big, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of the ringer.com. So I have heard of Cruising before. I'm like, I got to get around to it, honestly. Do they talk about Cruising a lot? Oh, my Bill Simmons is obsessed with Cruising. <laughs> I don't he keeps, threatening, it he keeps threatening to do it on rewatchables, and I've and honestly, I kind of haven't watched it because I'm gonna watch it when they do it because they're they gonna do it. it, like they're gonna do it. Um, but every time it, it's like, it's something. It's I know. Something. I, I I love movies that are something though. Like that's my favorite type of movie. I because I remember I when I, when the and it's funny because this didn't end up being true, but when the trailer for Joker first came out, I said that either it's gonna be. Real interesting in a really good way or interesting in a really bad way, which of course actually wasn't true. I just don't think it was interesting at all, which is the problem. But my point is, like, I'm actually, I'm a lot, it's kind of like, you know, absolute value in math where it's not if it's negative okay. or positive, right? Uh, sure. Well, no, well, it's basically like that, like, in an absolute value equation, my negative 12 is the same as positive 12, right? That's kind of the way oh, I look okay. at movies where it's like, I don't, I'm not actually that interested in if it's interesting in a bad way or a good way. I want it to be equal parts of everything, which is why I've said, I've probably said on this podcast before, why Face Off is a perfect movie, because it is equal parts, things that are legitimately good, and things that are legitimately bad, and uh, yeah, love it. Where does Starship Troopers go on that scale? Starship Troopers Some... is, it's, it doesn't really work with it, because it's <clears throat> in on the joke, and that kind that kind of breaks the formula, you know? Okay. I mean? 
Yeah. That, like, and so I enjoy it, but I actually tend to like things that are as... I actually don't generally like things that are... If something's in on the joke, it wanted to be very in on the joke and kind of, like, deliberately funny. I'm not a huge fan of when things are satirical. I'll say this. I'm not a huge fan of satire that isn't funny. Like, I kind of just, like, I don't actually care for it that much. Like, if you're going to be satirical, okay. be funny. And if you're not going to be satirical, just play it straight. Like, I just don't have that much. And obviously there are exceptions and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, shouts to Casper Van right. Diem. Hope he's doing well at whatever retail position he's currently occupying. Anyway. Start off. Stoudemire got a new car. Um, you know, and yeah. uh, it's looking nice. You, you have, what, have, have you ever uh, <coughs> driven a new car? Have I ever what? You know, had a new car, driven a new car, got a new whip. Yeah. Got a new one. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, like, as opposed to, like, I don't know if you've ever had a, because I don't know what your financial situation, I don't know if you've had used cars or, you know. Never. Well, you've never had a used no, car? No, the thing, the thing is, okay, the thing is I've never owned a car, like, I always yeah. rent. Yeah, you always lease, yeah. Yeah, I always lease, so it's always a new car, baby, for, mm. yeah. You know, I, I honestly just wanted to bring up the topic, because I want to mention, one of the most legendary things that's ever happened to my family is my mom got a car, bought a new car once, my mom and dad, of, like, this is like, four years ago. And she's texting my brother about it and, like, about how much she liked it. And then she types just these three words in this order. New smell car. As opposed to new uh. car smell. But, it, but it's new smell car. And, but it was out of context. It was just like, wow, that's so awesome. New smell car. Smiley face. And so I don't think of a new car. I think of a new smell car. But anyway, um, apparently, Stomar's new car, he's so anal about it that Disher can't eat his, uh, in the car. He can't get crumbs. Yeah, I mean... I guess there's levels to it. It did seem like he was eating, like, Cheetos or Doritos, yeah. right? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of, like, worse. I mean, I think yeah. the only thing that that's the that could be worse to eat as far as getting crumbs is, like, a Nature Valley granola bar. Oh, my God. That is, like, truly... Nature Valley is a, is a terrorist organization with how much crumbs they get. <laughs> like, it's truly just, like... Anyway. Um, but, but, hold on. A side thing. Uh, sure. I, I don't know if you saw this the other day. This guy I follow on Twitter, he's like one of those Sixers guys, uh, Mike Chioto. No. Um, I think I think I remember he put like, yeah, he deleted the tweet, but it was basically like, do you guys ever think about the fact that Carson Wentz is basically Hitler to ducks? <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> anyway. So, um, somebody's very proud of this car, and he's so proud that he when Monk says that the car is black, he's like, no, 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 it's Midnight Onyx, which you know, whatever. And Natalie points out that uh, basically Summer's acting like Monk does, but just about the car. Right, exactly. Um, <clears throat> and so I think Monk notices that they might have missed. There's like, either a scratch or, or, mm-hmm. or if he got a car wash, there was like something missing. So they both start shining it off, mm-hmm. and uh, and Disher, you know, as he always does whenever Stott is like distracted, he's uh, he's taking a. He's taking over. Yeah. And so they're, I guess, looking for something in this building. It's not important, but they're going to go up. And They're looking for a 9mm yeah, gun. A 9mm. They're looking for uh, a biscuit. Lucky it's not a Popeye. Yeah. It's supposed to be a needle in the haystack situation. Um, it's somewhere in a Chinatown. Um, I can just tell by the writing. What? Uh, they're on the building. There was like Chinese characters. I, just, I mean. Oh, okay. I thought you were referring to like the movie of Chinatown. I was like, oh, yeah, no, no, I no, no. I, now, also, when I lived in Chinatown, I was a block away from our Popeyes, and that was a very interesting place, the Chinatown Popeyes. Um, I'm okay. I want to. I'm, I'm hopeful that you went to more Chinese food spots than you went to Popeyes. Of course, honestly, yes, there. yes, I did. Okay, yes, Good. I did. It, it also because for a lot of that, I was trying to cut down on fried food for like my first semester where I lived there because it was in college. Because um, one of NYU's dorms is like a full like, uh, you know, 
several subway stops away and not actually convenient. Um, uh-huh. And it makes you wonder why I was paying dorm prices to live there anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, I did eat more Chinese food than I did uh, Popeyes. Um, Good. Yeah, I probably had Chinese food like once or twice a week and Popeyes maybe once a month. Anyway, um, so he gives Randy gives Natalie his radio, and which is definitely not police procedure. Right. But um, as they're just as Monk and Natalie are just chilling out outside, um, we learn that Julie is taking driver's ed, and she has her driver's test tomorrow. Right, and uh, you know Natalie's very apprehensive about it because, <clears throat> like most. Teenage uh, children. I'm just. I'm not gonna even separate the sexes. Um, you know, when you're getting your driver's test, like when you're in that age, that's when you are probably the most piece of shit that you are as a teenager. Yeah, it, it's really the worst time to be able to be given independence. Now, of course obviously you, for us too, we were good kids, guaranteed that our family didn't struggle with us sure. at that age. No, no, my parent, my mom worried that I would die in a car accident, but that has nothing to do with my decision making. Right. You know. Right, um, and if it's insofar as she's still worried that I'm gonna die in a car accident, um, have you anyway. ever driven on the highway? Uh, have I ever driven on the highway? Yeah, yeah. That's why I think I told the story in this podcast where I uh, procrastinated getting my driver's license, and then I took driver's ed classes. And during a summer, uh, by summer before I went to college, but after the classes were done and I was still practicing, I broke my foot, and I was in a boot for the rest of the summer. And then I just never bothered to get around to getting it. Because I've lived in New York for six years since, so it's like... It's not so you either. you don't have a license? I don't have a driver's license, no. You've never had one? No, I've never had one. Oh, shit. How, I'm not proud of it. Did you ever get shit for that? What? Did you ever get shit for that? Of course did I you did. Ever get yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's not good, and it's like definitely, I think, a microcosm of how I compl- I'm complacent about things my whole life. Um, well, only- okay, for me, I took a long time because the first... Because, like, I fucking killed the written section, but I'm like a wreck when it came to the driving test. Yeah. So I actually failed it three times. Mm. And that's how many times you can fail before you have to start the whole process over yeah. again. So like, after I failed the third time, I didn't bother for like a few yeah. years. So I didn't get my license until I was like twenty or twenty-one. Yeah, I was like, I was gonna get mine before I went to college, but it just when you break your foot, uh, it's kind of hard. And you're right, it's your right foot. Right. I, <laughs> I and then I, you went to New York. It makes sense. I exactly. Get and I, there are multiple times when my mom, when I've come home for summers, was like, "Do you want to? Uh, do you want to get take an intensive again and take your?" I'm like. No, I'm at home for the summer. Like that's the last thing I want to do is. But what if you're like? What if you like ever like make it big and you come to LA? Yes, in that case, if I go to LA, I'm gonna. I've made. I've talked about this before. When when I decide to move to LA, I'm gonna go home for like three weeks and do a, get a, my driver's license, um, in Florida. Like that is uh, that's a that's been a thing that's been like kind of known. Anyway, okay. So, uh, we on the radio though we hear that a Julie Teeger has been involved in a one eight seven. And I feel like we know, everyone knows, what does 187 mean? Uh, it's breaking and entering. No, it's a homicide. I mean, come on, Natalie, you know that too. I yeah. guess you're like in disbelief because you don't want to believe that that's the exactly. case. But, uh, yes, yeah. it's murder. Um, and so she immediately takes the captain's keys and grabs his car. Um, and Monk is like, wait for the captain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So she rolls up to a crime scene, runs inside, hysterical, pushes past cops, pulls the like tarp off this poor woman's head and thank god it's not her daughter it is julie teager but it's not her daughter yeah it's and uh you know it's it's a julie teager and she's got a fucking steak knife stuck right in her chest so um yeah not good yes and so you know she's very happy about that but it is it is kind of like you're at a someone was murdered still 
um, and um, you know, bad beat. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to be like, you know, I obviously don't have any children and I wouldn't know how, but like, I think you would probably stick around to hear more details about uh, the case because I mean, did she keep the radio thing on her? I think so. Yeah. I think they would have eventually told, like, the age, like, uh, you know, age 35. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. so the everyone else rolls off afterwards, and she's like, hey, guys, it's another Julie Teager. And apparently the mirror on Stalmeyer's car is broken off, and she apologizes. Um, and he's understanding, and so, honestly, yeah, which yeah. is good. Because he should be. It, it, it's reason- Her actions were, I think, reasonable. Absolutely. Um, I mean... If she were anybody else, she might be in trouble for uh, command commanding a, an officer's uh, vehicle. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, commandeering an officer's vehicle, but obviously they're tight, so that wasn't going to yeah. be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, he reassures her that it's going to be fine, and Disher and Stott head t- towards the house. Yeah, and Disher just tries to you know make light of the situation by saying, you know, he doesn't ever use his side mirrors anyway, so mm-hmm. no big deal. Which of course and, he doesn't. He's fucking irresponsible. Right. He's the person that they needed to put the thing that objects in the mirror are closer than they appear because he, you know, was confused. Um, right. Anyway, so we're inside the house, and apparently the body was discovered by the neighbor, who's an old man who heard screaming and then a car drive away. Um, and the knife in her chest is a steak knife that came from the set in the kitchen, which, of course, the neighbor bought the, the family, well, the couple, which, man, that's like, uh, that, that, that can't feel great. No, of course not. But luckily, he's old as hell, so he doesn't have many years to live. So uh, exactly. not many years Honestly, of regret. That is the great thing about being old: is if you make a mistake, you only have so many more years to regret doing it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Whereas if you're young, then you become an old man. You know, eaten up by your regrets. Um, shouts to old people. Yeah, shouts to old people. Um, shouts to old people who are eat, silently eaten up by regrets, who at the end of their life try to make amends. You know. Yeah. I feel like I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. That is. A hundred times out of a hundred, a great setup for a movie, where a movie is yeah. like an old person is like, I need you to find I need you to like find my daughter, my lost daughter, because I need to make amends before I die. Great stuff. I'm almost positive that nine, it might be ninety nine out of a hundred because the bucket list might have something on that level. I've that's, never seen I that movie, seen, no, but I'm, I'm willing sure. to bet that that's part of it. I haven't seen the bucket list, and I probably never will. Um, anyway, so the bucket list. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Monk is. Cleaning off a couch. I love look. when you don't sell my shit. I th- I'm not going to sell the fucking list. I'm sorry. You don't have to sell my jokes if they're bad. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do yours. Because uh, also, I was going to try to think, like, if the fuck it list is, like... Because I gave myself a second to be like, okay, what would the fuck it list be? The fuck it list is... And like, the other thing I think is, like, that would be, like, people who say YOLO... Or like the fuck it list, I, but it's didn't. I didn't have anything, so no. You know what it actually is? It's a list of things to do when you go to fuck it Thailand. Oh, I forgot that fuck it Thailand is the place. Um, yeah, shout out to all our listeners in fuck it Thailand. <laughs> um, so Monk is picking up stuff off a couch. He moves a box, a yellow box, and then he moves what he thinks is a big <clears throat> handkerchief, but uh, it's actually underwear. Which, man, that is some big underwear. Yeah, I'm, I mean, okay. It either belongs to the man or the woman, and I just don't believe that either one of them would have Actually, it. Actually, who it belongs to is... It doesn't say it, but I think you're allowed to believe that that belongs to the man, the and it was in the box that was shipped over from his mistress. Because the mistress shipped over a bunch of stuff. Oh, 
shit. That's right. That's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. but it's like a big tidy whiteies, which is like if you're a man who has the hairline that this guy has and wears tidy whiteies, the fact that you're getting two women to have sex with you is actually kind of incredible. Um, yeah. Anyway. Is the, other, is the other one? Okay, the chick that ends up dying looks stunningly close to Jill Wagner. She does. It's not Jill Wagner, though. Okay. AKA, um, what was her name again? Uh, in this, in Monk? The water yeah. bottle? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah okay. J- Janet anyway. Sample or some shit, I think. Yeah. And so uh, then, of course, the husband comes in and, you know, the overacting award goes to him. Julie, this my wife! You know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I Once know that know he's who the did murderer, it. so it didn't... Uh, I, I assume you didn't clock it, because why would you? No, I did, actually. I knew oh, it. Oh, really? You're like, this guy uh, definitely did it? 100%. Like, whenever someone tries to sell it like that, mm-hmm. like, it's just too much. Usually it's like yeah. the shock... That's what yeah, makes me that, believe. Once again, I think I've talked about this before, that, like, in true crime stuff, they say that your body denies things and you will, like, you, your body doesn't let you understand what happened. So if someone immediately sees, like, their wife on the ground and their immediate reaction is be like, oh my god, she was murdered, they did it. Because your mind just will be like, what happened? No, like, you remember go to any place other than the actual fact, you know? Right, right. Anyway. So, uh... They think that it might have been burglars, a burglary in broad daylight. But then uh, Mr. Tiger makes Stalemar promise to find out who did this. And, yep, he definitely uh, definitely does. But then there's another yes. call on the radio. Yeah, uh, apparently another Julie Tiger has been killed. And um, the officer that, that uh, Natalie hears it from, you know, is like, wait, that kid, that's got to be a mix-up. Like, we're at the Julie Tiger murder scene. He's like, no. I don't, or, like, I don't know what to tell you. But sure enough, it happens in a different location. So Natalie does the Natalie thing, and she takes off in the car yet again. And uh, yeah, she takes off towards where the crime happens, and uh, and we're there. It's in a park. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the woman was killed on her bike, uh, clearly run over. The yeah, woman helmets also... don't do shit, man. What? Helmets don't do shit. No, they don't. I don't actually endorse that. Helmets definitely. I'm just do kidding. Do shit. Yeah, very yeah. much so. They, like. A helmet, in the same way that being a car being put into a trash compactor, wearing your seatbelt won't help, that doesn't mean that seatbelts don't help. If someone is deliberately trying to run you over with a truck, yes, helmets won't help you there. Um, but, uh, yeah. anyway. So it's not, uh, the uh, you know, Natalie's daughter again. And um, apparently it was a grad student also named Julie Teeger. Now, I'm just going to bring this up now because I did look it up. The, the inherent problem with this episode is that like, there are, like, four other Jake Christie's in America, but not, I looked it up on, like, there's a website you can look up names on the census, and uh-huh. if, if it's just one, it will never tell you that there's no one with a name. It can only say one or fewer, which almost always means no one, but Tiger doesn't have enough people in America with it as the last name to qualify, meaning there are less than 125 people in America with the name Tiger, so there is a 0% chance that there are three Julie Tigers. There's just no way. Right. Wait, if it's one or fewer, then it is just one. Because you no, are that one person. Zero. Because if, it's, if it is just one... Well, no, because you are that one person. What do you mean? No, I'm saying that I looked up Julie Teeger on this website, and it says there's one or fewer people named Julie Teeger. So there's zero Julie Teegers in America. In America. Yeah, because Teeger is not a common... Once again, there are fewer than 125 Teegers in all of America, which, which that's the lowest you will ever give you. So that can mean that there's not a single person with the last name Teeger. I don't buy that, man. I mean, I, I, I can you name someone named? Do you know anyone named Tiger? 
Uh, Julie Digger? Let me actually let me let me actually try it with. Let me spell it differently. Let me spell it with share your a. share your screen. Okay, there are two hundred and ten people with it, with T E A G E R, but none with the name Julie. So. Okay, fine. But point being, it's too uncommon of a name to have three people in San Francisco alive. It is the problem with this episode. Right. Fine. Um, yeah, because there, no, there are multiple other Jay Christie's. One of them is also like a wannabe writer, and I resent him. And if he joins the Writers Guild of America before I do, and I have to go by Jake T. Christie, uh, he's going to – I might have to hurt him. Anyway. Wait, you're Jake Thomas? Jake Tyler. My brother is actually Michael Thomas, but that's not here or there. Tyler. Why did you? Why did you assume? It, why? Because uh, I mean, Th- Thomas is a better name than Tyler. Um, but uh, it just seems like a super Irish name. My family's not that Irish. I mean, we are Irish, but we're not. I'm sorry. When I hear Christy, I think Irish. No, Christy but... is a I, Christy. I actually believe is a Scottish name, but um, it is Irish too. It's something like that. But my basically, I don't know if there's any. I, don't, I think of my great grandparents. I think one of them wasn't born in America. Every other one of my great grandparents is all from like lived in America. For, okay, like most of my family has been here since the eighteen hundreds. So it like I, we have like no, my other than the fact that like my grandma, and my mom's side liked to make lasagna and ziti and stuff. Like I have no real cultural relationship to any of the individual things I am. You know what I mean? Just who cares? Got it. Anyway, so um, when they're just discussing how crazy this coincidence is. Uh, Randy mentioned that these things happen all the time. And do you remember his example? Yeah, I think it was an example. <clears throat> uh, he took a statistics class, and I, I guess a woman had won the lottery, but also was like killed by a shark on the, the same next day, day or something. Yeah. And I love day. a monk's yeah, yeah. like, and so what does that have to do with this? <laughs> and then do you remember what he says? Uh, he no, says, okay. I don't know, I dropped the class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, statistics sucks, man. Anyway, um... So the car is now even more messed up, and uh, we did you did you pick up on why it's even more? Uh, well, <laughs> I did like this exchange. Yeah, so you know Natalie explains like, oh, I'm so sorry, like I'll take care of it. Uh, she rushed over and she took a shortcut through the creek. To which Stottlemyre says, well, there's like no bridge on the creek, and she's like, yeah, I know, and he just like I think there's says no it, like, bridge three different times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, she did like some Dukes of Hazard shit, I guess. Yeah, shows her, you know, that's being a good mother. And of course, uh, her daughter gives her no credit for that, you know, like, anyway. Right. So, but this, this, this causes Stott to need a moment alone. He needs a moment, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and Monk points out, looking at the bike, that the bike had all the right safety features, but inexplicably, she was on the wrong side of the road. Or was she? Yeah. Go. Right. <clears throat> and also, he notices that there's a... F- flower mm-hmm. some this flower that's from a nearby bush mm-hmm. that's stuck in the chain mm-hmm. um and so he kind of like stumbles over to that area and um <clears throat> he's only interrupted by uh, randy revealing that there's uh, some sort of square bruise on her body yeah um good job randy and uh, they kind of deduce that it, it might come from a trailer hitch, yes. right? That seems and, to be what. And when Monk's looking at the flowers, he also sees that there are tar tracks in the grass. So um, what Monk realizes is that that means that the person ran her over and then backed up to finish her off. Um, so it was no accident. Cold blooded. Somebody is killing Julie Teagers. Um, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Julie Teagers, we cut to. Uh, Julie's driving, she's doing, having some driving instruction. And this was so clearly L.A. that even I had to make a note of it. Um, yeah. 
It, it was just, like Beverly Hills or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, something it, like that. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you the neighborhood, but it just like is so flat. And I know that there technically are palm trees in San Francisco, but way too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so she's not doing well. She's cracking wise with the instructor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so he kind of uh, he tries to get her to focus on what's what's at mm-hmm. hand. So he gets her to, to do a three point turn. Mm-hmm. And so she starts to do it, but she misses the crucial first step, which mm-hmm. is to put on your blinker. And you put on your freaking blinker, even if no one's around, because if if for whatever reason you didn't mm-hmm. check your blind spot or whatever, like you are liable for that. Yeah, yeah, don't be, yeah, don't be a dick. Yeah, you know, just be cautious. And of course, yeah. the cops then all show up, and she's thinking it's because she didn't put on her blinker. Um, but of course, it's because they think that she's gonna get murdered. Right. Fair enough. Um, so we go back to the station after that, and Stoudemire's, you know, calling the shots. He's he's assigning cops over to their house. Um, have two, I guess, in a car in front, one out back, um, and then one to back him up because Natalie's too nice, and she's gonna let them in for like food or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, and yeah, so while that he also wants to find all the Julie Tigers in I guess the area or mm-hmm. like in the state and then across the country. Yeah. yeah. And so then um, Randy comes in. He's got two ideas, and the Stummer asks for the idea that's going to make him less mad. And he Randy has it's his his the idea he goes with that they end up choosing is. It's a good idea. I mean, it doesn't end up being the guy, but I think that this is some good work from Randy. No, for sure. But as soon as we went to there being two theories, and the first one is the one we're going with, I knew the second one was... I mean, did, did we get confirmation that the second one was what he what it was going to happen? What do you mean? Like, would the second of his theories... Did well, he ever Terminator. say that that... It was the Terminator. Oh, okay, okay. I fucked that up. Okay, yeah. okay. So, um, the, but the theory they first talked about is a guy named Matthew Teeger. Um, right. who has been committed twice and who once was arrested for be- fighting his stepfather because he was defending his mother named Juliet Tiger. And he's clearly like a nuts in a nut bar. Um, right. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not playing with a full deck. Um, yes. And yeah, so okay. then as they're going, they asked what the second theory was and it is the Terminator, um, which I'll be honest with you is not. Like, that is where my mind goes to when multiple people are killed under the same name on the same day. I mean, I don't know about you. Is that what happened in the first one? I've yeah, never seen where, the first one. Oh, the first one's great. The second one's better, but the first one's great. We're basically, because the T-1000, sorry, T-800, T-1000 is the one with T-1800, I apologize. The T-800. Robert Patrick. Um, yeah, that's Robert Patrick. Um, the T-800 comes back, and he knows he needs to kill Sarah Connor, but for some reason he doesn't have her face, like, loaded in so he goes to a phone booth and looks up all the Sarah Connors in Los Angeles and he like because of the 80s and like while there's I think that now you know there are types there are types of movies that are violent but most general action movies aren't like super gory unless that's the type of movie it is but you know in like the 80s the only type of action that existed was like super gory so like he like blows these women the fuck away like there's one of them he just like she just opens the door and is like are you Sarah Connor yes and like she has like a whole massive hole in her chest with a shotgun it's great but um he kills two Sarah Connors <laughs> and yeah. Then they realized what's happening, so they had to protect uh, Linda Hamilton. So yes, that is what happens in uh, Terminator. And of course, uh, Stoudemire says, "Come with me, or you want to live." Which Randy, of course, points out is T two. Now, what Randy doesn't point out is when Stoudemire says, "We what should we take him uh, to the uh, smelting factory at the edge of town?" Randy should also point out that that is also T two. That's not T two, right. but whatever. Right. 
Team one, he's killed by a tr- like a gigantic hydraulic pump in like a factory. So whatever. Yeah, um, but we get a pretty solid impression, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that, <clears throat> we go into I guess the Juliet. We we arrive at Juliet Tiger, or I guess Matthew and Juliet Tiger's house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got a very uh, very creepy vibe outside, and yeah. sure enough, a very creepy vibe inside. Also, the thing I noticed about this is that and it's <clears> the thing <throat> I think is a huge difference between Monk and Psych. Is that in Psych, they would direct this scene entirely like a horror movie and like right. really be stylish. And the thing that I – if there was a thing I wish Monk did differently is I wish they sometimes did different styles with direction. Because like I actually think that they seem yeah. kind of – it just it's missing something. Because clearly they want to like suggest at horror elements, but the fact that they're still shooting it like a procedural, it's like it just doesn't – you never actually feel scared, you know? Right. Um, um, but yeah, but yeah it, they go inside and it's basically like <clears throat> it's a taxidermy special in there. Everything is fucking stuffed. Um, yeah, it's and, like me uh, going out of a barbecue restaurant. Yeah, and uh, and so like this is my first uh, kind of uh, view into Matt, uh, John Hawks being in this because you see like you know we go over some of like the photo frames and I see him. I'm like, wait, is that him? Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, it is him. It ends up being him. <clears throat> and uh, Sotomayor suggests that they all split up. So I think Sotomayor gets the basement, Disher gets the main floor, yeah. and Monk gets tasked with the upstairs. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they go up. Well, first Monk has to, like, hit all the antlers, you know, with his finger. And then they right. go. he goes upstairs, and he goes in a room, and he sees uh, what looks like an old woman sitting in a rocking chair. And there's a hundred and twenty five percent chance he's dead. You know who she is. Like there's just there's never this was never gonna end any other way. Well, yeah, but like some of the shots from overhead made it look like she didn't have legs. So I was like, okay, yeah. this is just like a doll or something. Exactly. It was one of those two things. Um, but I do love. Yeah. I do like the transition of where Monk is like, going, she's like, please be alive, please be alive, and then he knocks her head, knocks her over, and her eye pops out, and please be dead, please be dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty scary. Very psycho ish kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and yeah, it was very creepy. Yeah, very Ed Gein esque. Who is, I think I've said before, the most overrated serial killer. He killed two people. He shouldn't be in the Pantheon, but that's whatever. Doesn't he, isn't he technically not a serial killer? Yeah, I guess. Correct. You are correct. But it is also like when it was like this person, it's like, I get, yes, he stuffed people or whatever, but it's like, like the numbers, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Serial killer, like, Notability is not all about numbers, but there is you do need to put up numbers. You know what I mean? Like I can't. Yeah. It's like well, I think some of Son of Sam is super overrated. Like six people or whatever. Like come on. And he didn't kill like two of the people he shot. Like that's just like those numbers aren't good. Um, right. Anyway, I'm of course joking. I'm not that callous about it, but I think it's funny to be this callous about it. Don't at me. Anyway, um, we then of course go to Kroger because Bunk's traumatized. Yeah, I mean rightfully so. I probably would be too, honestly. Um, <clears throat> And so, uh, Monk mentions, like, he's just like, oh, like, were you sleeping? Like, I'm sorry if, like, I bothered mm-hmm. you. And he's like, oh, no, I wasn't sleeping. And then he mentions that uh, Chucky Kroger's wife didn't seem too thrilled, judging by the amount of expletives she issued. Yeah. And, and then he asks her, asks uh, Chuck if she, by chance, has Tourette syndrome. Mm-hmm. And Chuck, he lies. you know, he lies and tells him that she does. Yeah. Also, not that, not that, not that it matters, but the type of threats where you shout swear words is like so unbelievably rare, and it kind of sucks that that's the way people treat the disease. Not that it matters, but um, anyway. So apparently, 
uh, Juliet Tiger was not murdered, but the son just didn't report the death. And was just acting like she was still alive. Which is, uh, messed up. Yeah, to say the least. Um, <clears throat> and, um, you know, Matthew is, uh, not only that, he's an amateur taxidermist, so that was clearly all of his work that was in that house. And he appeared to have, uh, you know, taxidermied his mother and, uh, carried on with her being alive or whatever. Or just, you know, just carrying on as if she never died. Yeah. And Monk says, you know, at least I never dug Trudy up. Which, I love that Kroger's like, and I'm very proud of you about that. Um, right. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, like, after this whole thing happened, uh, they can't find Matthew anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, luckily, Monk brought uh, Matthew's file with him, and he wants Chucky to take a look at it. And, you know, he warns him, uh, Kroger warns him that he has never met the patient, so anything that he says would just be an educated guess. Mm-hmm. And immediately from here, we cut to Matthew stalking some dude that's, like, delivering newspapers. Did I think he was going to kill him? Yes, I thought that's what was going to happen. But no. We wait for him to finish, and then he goes up to, like, the little newspaper stand or, or newspaper... What do you call that? Like a, I don't know. Like, a little box. doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah, a little box where, they, where you buy them. And, um, and he doesn't have any cash, uh, so... I, eventually he does get them out, I guess. No, right? he does, I think he, he does have a quarter, but it just doesn't oh, open he, up. And then he opens up, and then he throws all of them out because they all they have his picture on them. So like, was his plan to like just do that, like follow it, and like that's the only San Francisco Examiner? No, but he's very delusional. So I'm not. I don't know if he had oh, right. a plan. Um, oh, and then we cut to Julie, who's on the phone talking to her friend about how she feels like she's in a spy movie. Um, and Natalie's like, "Get away from the windows, etc." So she's really worried. Yeah, you know, she, uh, I, yeah, I, we talked about how very few of these people named that would, are existing, so if two of them go down, it's naturally, it's natural to be paranoid about all of them going down. Yeah, I actually find it, I think that, I could be wrong, I know that teenagers are incredibly competitive generally, etc., and I'm not saying she would be, but the fact that she completely has doesn't seem to understand at all that she's into, like I just don't believe that she wouldn't understand the gravity of what's happening. I mean, especially because they've dealt with all kinds of murderers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and so she's not taking it that seriously, and she's mad that she can't go to school the next day um, because you know, and of course she can't. Someone's murdering people with her name. Yeah, and she's, like, the weird teenager that actually, like, is up in arms about having to go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess because she's probably a popular kid, and that's yeah. where she's thriving. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, love to not go to school. Yeah. And so she feels like she's, you know, excuse me, a prisoner, even though she didn't do anything wrong. Um, but she has to stay inside until they catch the guy. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, that means, unfortunately for her, she's going to miss out on her driving test. Mm-hmm. Or is she? Exactly. So then we go downstairs and Disher's eating ice cream out of the tub, which is, I truly, I can't imagine something you could, that's just more rude to do at a, a, fr- a friend's house. Just without asking, take ice cream out and eat it out of the tub. No, this is a very easy one and it's on the same wavelength. You're drinking fucking milk out of the car. Oh, right, 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 yeah, sorry. That is, that's, that is worse. But still, you would, I, you would never, never. No, of course not. But yeah, you know, yeah. He's a slob. It's, it's Randy. It's Randy. Yeah, and so you know, um, Natalie is really bemoaning the fact that all Julie cares about is her test. Um, 
and you know, Dishers kind of look at the bright side, like that. You know, she's health; it's healthy. She wants to be independent, etc. But then uh, Natalie's like, "I need, I, I, can you do me a favor?" And I love her. He's like, um, "Yes." I, I, the answer is yes. It's like I need a gun. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I like that exchange a lot. Um, and he tells her, you know, like just get a fucking permit, get your own gun, basically. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, you don't want to like what was she asking for like a piece like out of the fucking evidence room or something? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, great. You know, that's exactly what you should do. A responsible law, a law enforcement officer just giving someone uh, who is clearly in emotional distress, understandably, a gun. That's just a really great idea. I'll give her credit. She found, like, the absolute mark for that kind of thing. Oh, But yeah. unfortunately, he did not bite. Yeah, it's definitely the right person to ask. Um, yeah. But uh, I was worried she doesn't have a gun of some kind. Not that I, not that every, I don't, obviously, I don't think they give you the gun, a gun if, like, you're, husband was in the military but I just feel like she would have like an old like mitch's old revolver that he had um anyway i don't think you get a gun if you're in the air force uh, you pro- i mean i actually don't know um i don't know anyway uh Steinmeier comes in though and say that they're gonna have to all move julie down to the police station um because they got news well he doesn't want to say why yeah of course because julie might be yeah weak. right and um yeah they got news and basically it's that they can't find Matthew, and no, not even Juliet Tiger is dead. No, but no, but also that um, oh. this Julie Tiger is the only Julie Tiger within a thousand miles that's left. Yes, that's what Julie says, and she hears. Yes. And then we cut to outside the Tiger household, the other ones, and um, Randy is undercover as Juliet Tiger, which is funny, but it is also like. Why there are clearly female officers? Why is he doing this? Right, hold on. But what was okay? What was Norman Bates's mom's name? Was it Norma? I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, but it's clearly like they're doing that. Like yeah. that's right. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's cosplaying as an old woman, and uh, his bra's itchy. He's down bad. Mm-hmm. And you know he's worried that, that Matthew's not going to buy this, but Kroger thinks that he's so psychologically gone that he will. Which honestly, fair. Because if he's willing to convince himself that a stuffed dead body is his mother, I mean, it's, you know, might as well try to make it just another whole other person. Um, yeah. Um, and so... they you know, But they explain that they explain that basically according... They, they have the whole psychological profile here. That <clears throat> according to him, his mother never died. Yeah. Uh, right? So he's going to proceed and he's going to be the type to, like, talk to, like, a dead body or whatever. And, mm-hmm. like, just act like everything's normal. Essentially. Yeah. Um, and so, Disher's worried, though, what if he has a knife? So they have to come up with the catchphrase to, you know, signal. And his suggestion right. is, mother of God, he has a knife. Right. Which, you know, that's that's a good one. Um, to which <clears throat> Stottlemyre's... Oh, no, wait. Monk suggests that the... the I wish there were ten of them. I wish there were ten of them. And, you know, Stottlemyre's like, uh, it just doesn't sound like it's natural at all. Like, mm-hmm. there just needs to be something better. So Sotomayor gets comes up with the best one, which is obviously better late than never. Yep. And so, as it, of course, Disher doesn't write this down, and so you know he's going to forget it. Um, and then Matthew enters the house, and, um, you know, he mentions to Mother that uh, there are policemen everywhere the last time he came around. And, um, you know, Disher's trying to get him to admit stuff, says... <laughs> Police, you said. I'll say this. He's got an old, good old lady voice. Police said you've yeah. been a bad boy, is what he says. Yeah, and he starts freaking out. He starts tossing the room apart. And um, once again, and, you know, 
acting his ass off. Like, really going for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's acting his ass off. Um, and he's, yeah, he's just freaking out. But he can be calmed down with a little bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. Or, exactly. you know, or he'll settle for just being held. So, yes. so he starts, like, jumping on top of Disher, like, in his thing. And that, that was the weird thing for me. It's like, I think that if you were like this and you realize that, I mean, obviously he's, 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 something's wrong with him. But if you realize that all of a sudden your mom was talking back to you after like having not, yeah. like, I feel like that would have been like, yeah, right. I don't really know how this works. I'm like, yeah, I don't either. He's so fucking gone though. I'm just like, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, so then, you know, Disher's trying to get them to come inside, but he doesn't remember the phrase he says, first come, first serve, which is not the <laughs> phrase. And then he finally says, I wish there were 10 of them, which they assume they say is close enough, so they rush inside. Okay, yeah, they rush inside, and yeah, we don't really get to see what happens. Yeah, but I he guess... gets arrested. Oh, yeah, he gets arrested. Well, because <clears> well, in hindsight, we know he's actually not dangerous, so, like, he actually doesn't, like, you know, try to hurt Disher. Um, right. Yeah. So we cut back to the station, um, because that's where they are now. Uh, they being Natalie and Julie. And uh, what I thought was Julie doing her homework was actually her looking at alternate names because uh she's got she's got plans to change her name because yeah. i mean wouldn't you yes and her, her suggestions are harriet and then holda which holda tiger is dumb but at least it's not as bad as holda first name holda last name just dick <laughs> that's just yeah all right that, i mean yeah. okay hey i'm I not didn't selling say, that i'm not yeah, selling yeah, that. i didn't yeah, i didn't sell fuck it list so you shouldn't have to sell holda yeah, just yeah, dick yeah 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 yeah, I'm um, done. You know what the worst thing about that joke too is? I thought of that when I was watching the episode. So that means I've been sitting on it for about an hour. <laughs> Just yeah, shame on you. Yeah, and so you but, know, uh, Natalie's asking like, "Oh, she so want to change your name?" Yeah, and she's like, "You know, your name is we. Your name has importance. We named you after Mitch's aunt, and apparently she was the sweetest woman ever, or whatever. She was and the first like this- female war correspondent in Vietnam. You know." Yeah, um, which cool, I guess. Yeah, you know that, that's important. I don't know. Um, and so she. Yeah, say, if you think that Vietnam was a justified war, you fucking. Freak. I don't think that it was, but a war correspondent, someone who's uh, working for a newspaper, so she might have actually just helped people realize it wasn't justified. Wait, really? Wait, okay, do you know what a war correspondent is? Well, no, but I'm pretty no, no, no. I'm pretty sure that the war correspondents, the first ones that were there, were like in support of it. Sure, but at, we don't know when she was there, though. I also assume that, like, if there were no war correspondents, people never would have known it was a bad thing. I, I really, why, I genuinely, why are you attacking the free press? <laughs> I don't know. I just watched, uh, when I was on my way back from New York, I watched Full Metal Jacket for the first time. Ah. I, but I don't think the media is really what's on trial there. No, but they're definitely assholes in the media. Like, yeah, that's part of Joker's I thing. I guess what yeah. I'm trying to say is I don't know why you're making the assumption. Because it, it was the U.S. media that made people turn against the Vietnam War. So I don't know why you're making the assumption Listen, that she happened to not just, be on the right side. I just love I love canceling people. I was looking I for I understand that. And hey, believe me. I, uh, I'm i more than – I'm right. I'm bored with you, man. Um, but anyway. So Moncton comes in. It says it's all over. We got him. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, they, they see him come in. And um, now Julie, she's excited because if they got him, that means what? That means she can do her driver's test after all. And um, we, yeah, we. But not only did we see him in there, but we also see Randy. Oh, sorry, in the yeah, bra, Randy, one of the which bra, which was, which is always nice to see. Yeah. So yeah, Julie's asking because I guess Natalie's not there. He's asked, she's asking Monk for permission. Well, to no, do that. Natalie doesn't want to. She doesn't want to wait. She's like, ask Mister Monk. 
Oh, really? Okay, I missed that. Um, and so she basically pesters him, and she also mentions that, of course, her fucking driving test is on Vinton Street. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's like, you know, you were a kid once, weren't you? And then I like for a brief time. Um, and Monk's kind of like, we don't know if it's actually him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but when he came in, he came in hot, saying it's over. Yeah, like, exactly. Specifically. But yeah. then, as it's happening, in a super creepy move, of course, Matthew says across the precinct, are you Julie Deager? That's my mother's name. Which is creepy. Like, it, I mean... Yeah, it's creepy. And what's even creepier is that he uh, gives, like, a very ambiguous warning to her at the end. Yeah, you better be careful. Like, well, see, I yeah. think that this is another thing specifically that if this show dabbled in different styles and tones better, I think that actually would be creepy, whereas, like, it actually does, isn't actually... Because it's shot the same way with the same lighting and all that. And I just kind of wish it was, like... Cooler looking, you know, like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, no, I get it. You could I get really it. sell that moment as a creepy moment, and it only kind of works because it still just looks like any other episode. I kind of really want, at this point, like a supernatural uh, kind—not like the show Supernatural, but like a, some weird story to happen on yeah. Monk. I think that would just That'd break cool. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The X Files, Monk meeting Mulder and Scully, um, and. Uh, Smolder says, you know, the truth is out there. And Monk says, out there? I would just rather probably stay inside. I don't know if we need to go out there. Um, yeah, yeah. Dude, and, even the Simpsons got fucking the X-Files. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Julie points out, and I don't think she's wrong here, that he is so the guy. And basically that's like a confession. Honestly, it is. Like, I, I understand what she's saying. Yeah, throw the book at him. Um, and so, you know, she pesters Monk enough to just basically... Oh, no, no, no. So so Monk just first asks, he's like, well, how are you even going to get there? Yeah. Because obviously your mom's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And some, like, random police, uh, yep, female police officer. we haven't seen before and won't see again. Yeah. Right. She offers to drive her over and basically Monk's just, like, his hands are tied. Like, yeah, yeah sure, go for it. Yep. And so we then cut to the interrogation where uh, Matthew is getting talked to by Stottmeyer. And he's talking about how, where's that girl, Julie? I think she's in trouble. Um... And mm-hmm. then Simon was like, but what were you saying? You said to your mother that you're being a bad boy. What were you doing? Yeah, and uh, he explains that he was a bad boy because he was talking to girls in the park. Mm-hmm. And apparently his mom didn't like him talking to girls. Um, yeah. Just fully just keep pushing that psycho uh, shout out. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, I think that psycho exists because this is a not common but is an existing thing. That like, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, but but like after we see like a woman rocking in a oh, fucking of course, chair, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so he keeps asking like, "Where's my mother?" etc. Which is kind of sad because his mother's dead. Um, you know, this guy's right. like, I'll say, is it, I was thinking about it in terms of because I feel like John Hawks is incredible at playing down bad. Because the first time I really, uh, not the first time I saw him, but the first time I saw him where like I recognized him as oh that him. You have you seen the two thousand six Miami Vice movie? Uh, okay, I saw, like, the first 45 minutes of it. So he's in the first 45 minutes, and this is not a spoiler because it's, like, the first thing that happens in the movie, that he, like, I think, I forget exactly, inadvertently, he's a, uh, I think he's, like, a informant. He's a snitch. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And he inadvertently gives it up that, like, to the white supremacist, like, drug dealing gang that he's, like, a snitch or whatever, or, like, an informant or something, and they end up going to his house and, like, torturing and killing his wife. And he, like, is, like, meets with, you know, the main two characters and, like, you know. And he wants to talk about a guy who's down bad. And you know what he does? He jumps in front of a truck on the highway. 
Which, understandable. But on my point being, he plays down bad really, really well. Fuck, you know, I have that movie on DVD. I need to watch it. It's, is it good? It's actually what we talked about. Because it's, like, fucking crazy. Because <laughs> Colin right. Farrell straight up doesn't remember filming almost any of it. Because he was so, like, coked out. Um, yeah. They I mean, right talk, about, talk about being method. Yeah, Jamie Foxx refused to film outside the United States after on set, I think when they were in, um, I think... Panama, maybe? That someone got shot on set, and so Jamie Foxx refused to film anything outside the country after that. Um, Fine, fair, I get it. Great stuff, though. Um, Yeah. Michael Mann's fucking crazy. Anyway, um, Stoudemire's basically like, though, you hate your mother, you you keep killing her over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he starts to go over some of the the, some of the smoking guns that they have on him. Basically, that he's got a Nissan pickup, Mm -hmm. it's got, it's got a trailer hitch on it, and they have his knife. Um, and, you know, um, Matthew, it's like, no, ask, like, ask my mother. Um, yeah. But obviously his yeah, mother. And, and he's this whole time. He's, he's definitely not acting like a cold-blooded murderer. He pulls out, like, his rabbit's foot. And I don't mean the MacGuffin in Mission Impossible 3. He pulls out, like, a lucky rabbit's foot um, that, mm-hmm. you know, he holds. And what – and, you know, Monk pulls Randy aside and is like, if he had a knife in his boot, why did he use a snake knife in the first murder? And Randy says, oh, yeah, me, but this guy, he's crazier than you. Grant. You, Grant. You know, crazy actor. Yeah. Four weddings and a funeral. Right. Uh, yeah, he saves that one pretty nicely. But before that, he's like, maybe he was like a knife freak. He didn't want to get his knife dirty, which, yeah. what is a knife freak? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, in the same vein as how Alice Cooper is big into antique chairs. Um, oh, right. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah, Because remember, good. once he got the blood on the chair, he didn't want it anymore. Right, right. And so, um, you know, Julie then shows up for the test, you see, and then uh, Stoudemire gets Natalie um, some tea and points out that while he's not a fan of the insanity defense, this guy probably qualifies. Um, Right. And then, out of nowhere, you know, there's some gunshots go off. Yeah, and they're not not in the kitchen at Popeye's, but Mm -hmm. the biscuit's going off. And so, you know, Stoudemire gets Natalie down, and uh, they try to figure out, and um, one of the other cops that we saw earlier in the episode comes in and announces that basically, on the way to him being moved, uh, Matthew ended up grabbing another gun's, uh, another cop's gun, and, you know, he uh, he got away, essentially. Yeah. And apparently he stole a pizza delivery truck, um, so the guy go chase after him. Right. Let me cut to, though, a place we hadn't been before. This Julie would confuse T- the fuck out of me. It is confusing. Julie Teagard, number two's apartment. Um, and, you know, we're just looking right. around, and, um, then we cut back to the driving test, and, you know, it's in a weird, like, f- area, I don't know about, Calif- I don't know if it's all of California. It's Hollywood, it's Hollywood. No, 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 I don't know if it's all of California, but in Florida, you don't, there's not a chorus, you just, you actually just drive on the regular roads, you, you don't, it's not Oh, like yeah, that. no, no, there's definitely, you drive regular roads, I mean, for sure, yeah, it's yeah. not like that. Mm-hmm. And so then her cell phone starts going off, which is, of course, a no-no. Yeah, her cell phone's going off, and obviously it's Natalie calling uh, because she knows that Matthew got out. And um, <clears throat> but, and this is this was the weirdest thing to me that it's the driving, te- her like the person that taught her how to drive is the person giving her the driving test. Yeah. Not at all how that works. No. Um, yeah, and of course Matthew. But he tells her not to pick up the phone. Yeah, Matthew's also watching. Then we cut back to the apartment, and we learn that uh, Julie got a lot of packages from the eBay. Um, and right. The problem, though, is that there's a little slip from one of the boxes, but uh, the box but is the missing. the box is missing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fox is missing, and Monk asks uh, the landlord, um, basically, like, hey, do you happen to know if she got a package on the day that she died? And mm-hmm. sure enough, she did. Yeah. I haven't seen this much inquisitiveness about whether or not someone got a package since the Trapped in the Closet series. Anyway. That's just By the, the way, mm-hmm. is this, like, the first episode where there wasn't a Here's What Happened? No, it's definitely not the first. That's pretty – it's actually not – not everyone has them. You would think okay. they do, but a lot of them don't. Um, okay. But anyway, so we learned then – this is when Randy tells uh, Monk that Matthew bolted. And then Matthew is approaching Julie's car, and Julie starts, like, driving away. And I got just really mad. Like, how is the driving instructor not look back and see what's going on? Because he's like, what are you doing? It's like, do you not realize? She's clearly scared. Like, clearly something's going on, you idiot. Like, just look fucking behind you. That's one thing. Secondly, how the fuck did he know which DMV location she was going to be doing her test at? I I don't assume that San Francisco only has one of them. I mean, it is, I think, like four blocks away, they say, but but it's on Vinton Street. Okay. Oh, right. But I don't think... uh, Well, yeah. All right. All right. It doesn't matter. Um, And so she's driving away, and, um, you know, then uh, the cops roll up, and... um, they're they have like a assault rifle they're about to shoot him because he goes up to the car because julie like stalls out um, weird gun to have for this uh situation yeah. and but then monk at the last second stops matthew from getting shot because he announces that he's not the guy mm-hmm. um he, yeah he's got another person in mind but sure enough, and basically all, sure enough julie unrolls her window and all matthew wants to do is give her his rabbit's foot yeah, and warn her, like, you know, that someone's after her, as if she didn't already know that. But, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, no, so, yeah, this is when we cut to, like, basically what happened, right? Yeah, we cut back to the original house, the first Julie Teager's house. And, right. And, uh, you know. The husband's there. Yeah, and then we, this is, this is basically the what happened, it's just done over multiple characters. Right, and basically what happened was Monk, when we saw him at that apartment, Mm-hmm. He saw that package, and he realized that he had seen it previously at, um, well, we'll just say it's George Teeger, because that's yeah, the man that's exactly. about to get nailed for this. Mm-hmm. Um, saw it at George Teeger's house, and essentially what happened was um, he was having an affair with a woman. Well, don't the way Monk puts it, you're having an extramarital sex affair. Right, um, yes, absolutely. And apparently he had been seeing her for three years, and they had gotten into an argument, and of course uh, she was upset and she was going to mail a package with evidence of their affair mm-hmm. to Julie Teeger. However, in the process of mailing all this... Whoa, what um, was that? That was my laundry. Um, As I thought. Yeah, however, um, in the process of all this, somehow the mailing label got damaged. So this package ended up getting delivered to the wrong Natalie Teeger. The Natalie Teeger, Teeger that got ran... Julie uh, sorry, Julie Teeger. The one that got ran down in the park. Yeah. Right? And so... Then we figure out that basically she had gotten that package and she was such a nice woman mm-hmm. that she needed to bring it to the other Julie Tigger. So I guess she looked it up in the phone book or on the internet or No, whatever. I think so that – I think I got, I'm under the impression that this isn't the first time that that happened, that that's what I understood. Oh, that. okay. Maybe that's the case. Yeah. yeah. So she bikes her ass over to the other Julie Teagers, the one – the knife in the chest Julie Teager. Yeah, yeah, we, I think and we, I guess, the, the audience is following. I don't think you need to – I think it's clear. No, 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 fine. But like in the fucking show, they're like explaining it that way No, too. I know. I, what I would say is in this scene – it's not a problem. But I think that they're over like, – I don't think that – even if they took out all the clarifications, I think it's still clear who you're talking about. Fine. So she heads over to that lady's house and she you know, shows up in the middle of, I guess – 
she, uh, the original Natalie, uh, Julie Teeger had found the envelope and she was confronting her husband about no, it. No, she doesn't because she gives her gives her the box. Oh, she gives her the box. So they Julie get into Teeger an argument? Too gives, no, then they weren't already in an argument. That she gives her the box, she opens it up, sees it, and then they get in an argument. Yeah, so she was just standing in the doorway the whole time. No, not the whole time. We're not. It's not unclear, but I think basically the point is that she probably opened up the package while Julie Two was still there, saw what it was, and then basically the point being that I don't think that Julie Tiger Two saw the murder happen, but I think that she saw enough where if Julie Tiger One showed up dead, she would know to go to the cops and be like, "Hey." Oh, okay. I thought she saw it. No, 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 no. Fine. So yeah, so that happened, and so she took off on her merry way, and. George put it together. He needed to take care of this other Julie Teeger, so he chased her down on an Escalade, which also has a trailer hitch, mm-hmm. and ran her over, took care of it, and uh, and yeah, that was it. Julie, two Julie Teegers dead mm-hmm. in one day. Yeah, honestly, in terms of Julie Teeger double murder speed run, honestly, great timing. Um, I don't think that that's a beatable time. Um, anyway. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and of course, then Stomach can say the cool thing of, I promised you I'd find the man who killed her, and then he arrests him. Great stuff. And then Natalie right. gets a call and has absolutely horrible news. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for her, Julie uh, was able to reschedule her test, and she passed the second time. Yeah. Bad beat. And, of course, Monk wonders how will this affect me sitting in the front seat, which is funny. And then we get the ending bit where Stoudmire is waiting for the bus. Um yeah, cars on the uh, crushing a bag, crushing a bag of Doritos or Cheetos or something. Yeah, I actually thought there, I don't think there were any of the above. It was, I think, like an off-brand thing. It didn't look like. I don't want to. Be- well, you can't have it advertised. True. So then they're not Doritos or. Uh, okay, but we know that as that. That's true. Um. Anyway, uh, so he's just waiting, and then who rolls up on him? Except none other than Julie Teeger in her new whip. The, the only Julie Tigger that exists at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, she shows up in her whip, and uh, she's with her friends. And, uh, you know, she asks him, you know, you want to ride? Mm-hmm. And he laughs for a little bit. Like, he chuckles to himself, and and he agrees. And they get yeah. in the car, also, and this, sure enough... You don't do that. He shouldn't do that. That's just, it's, it's, it just... I understand he's a good guy. I mean, I know, he, I know that he's a good guy, but you can't. You don't, you don't get in that car. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, yeah. He no. I mean, why not? You want to make? I don't know. I'm just, just, I, I, I guess the thing is, I'm not thinking about Julie. I'm thinking about Julie's friends who don't know Leland Stoudemire and like this creepy guy that Julie knows is getting in the. Well, car it's not with like us. they're like. It's not like they're smoking weed or doing anything crazy. No, so I'm not worried about, about them getting in trouble. I mean, I don't. That's not what I'm thinking about. He's like, a fucking police captain, bro. Like, come on. I he's mean, not going to do. Fair, he's not creepy. I, the thing is, I think it's just the mustache. I just. I understand that he looks, but like I just anyone with a mustache, I'm a little bit like there might be a perv. Like I, it's hard. It's not. Listen, I think a non, a non, you can't ignore it, but just the fact that he was Buffalo Bill. Yeah, that too. It's just like fine. Um. Also, um, I just am like incredibly. I don't know. I. It's bizarre. When I know someone, I always assume they have the best intentions, but anyone I don't know, I assume they have the worst intentions. But it's like, it's a flip that switches. Like, I just, if I see a stranger, I'm always assuming, like, they're going to try to murder someone in the street right now. And so, like, if I saw a a random guy who's an old guy, it's like, this guy, he's, like, with four young girls, he's going to try to take advantage of us. Honestly, that's my, where my mind would immediately go. Um, Yeah. And that's why I am in therapy. No, that's not. It's other reasons. But anyway, um, speaking of, uh, I don't have to transition. What do you get this out of 10? Uh, I gave it an eight. I gave it an eight as well. Um, I thought that there, it's a lot of cool stuff. I think that the um, 
you know, uh, the the gimmick of like the Julie Tigers is fun, and I think yes. that um, you know the whole bit, even though it's actually not what's going on, I think that the bits with Matthew Tiger are like cool, inspired, and like interesting, and not you know formulaic. I mean, they're formulaic in that they're like filing a pattern of like a trope, but not a traditional police procedural thing. You know what I mean? They're using it, it, elements from other stuff. Yeah. No, I did like that. I wish they would have leaned more into it, like you yeah. said. Um, but yeah, no, solid. I liked it. Yes. Um, and what else is solid is you can well, you can do us a solid by following us on Twitter at Shippingmonkin. Yes. Where can people follow you? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the Jay Christie. Please rate if you subscribe. Share this show with the biggest Monk fan in your life. And more important than all that, tune in later this week as we talk about Mr. Monk paints his masterpiece. Oh, c'est magnifique. Uh, you know, let's get monkey.